How's it going? Today in the Black Tie Fair, Patrick and I talk about North Korea and how they simply ain't playing. We also finally get a chance to talk about what's going on with Game of Thrones, talk about this heat, and a conversation that happened during Hamilton that's hilarious. Take a listen. Hey, welcome once again to the Black Tie Fair, where two friends talk about politics, pro sports, and pop culture. Kinda. I'm one of your hosts, Jelani, and to my Lizift. <laughs> you say Lizift? <laughs> Messed you up, didn't I? Got it, huh? Politics. What does he say? <laughs> Are those words? But, uh, Latvian. You have, you have Latvian? <laughs> you have the Latvian version of your name. Latvian. Batiks. You, you, you been to Latvia? When, when last time you been to Latvia? Never. But if I ever go there, I'll know my name. Okay. <laughs> if, I, if I ever go to Latvia on a whim, somehow, some way, I will know how to say my own name. I can introduce myself. I got you. That's it. That's life goals. I'm glad that you we are able to accomplish that. We are on episode number 27 of the Black Tie Affair. I'm going to do a whole bunch of weird things with, with sound just, just to mess you up. Just lizard <laughs> and 27. Yeah, just mess you up. And it's for no reason. Like, <laughs> Why you can not? just say it regular. It doesn't cause any, it doesn't have any effect. You just have to throw it in. Why not add a little spice to it? Right. People, people when, you, when you eat something... It tastes way better when it has a couple of spices. No, Everyone... it's like getting a piece of hair in my noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it the fuck out. Oh, my gosh. Say it straight. Let's move on. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. As always, we love all the listeners. We are back again for you guys to provide you with that information you've been looking for and have a little fun as well. And let's go ahead and not waste any more of your time. Let's jump right into it. Patrick, what's new? What's new is North Korea is about to bomb somebody. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so I woke up this morning. It's Sunday. Yeah. I woke up. It's a nice, lazy Sunday. I was planning for my fantasy uh, draft that I'll talk about later. Okay. Um, excited about the day. Woke up to, um, oh, North Korea has just tested a nuclear weapon. <laughs> An hydrogen bomb, they think. I love how we started this podcast and we're like laughing at each other and stuff like that. And then come to find out, we're probably going to die tomorrow. It's ridiculous. Right, so <laughs> so North Korea carried out its sixth and most powerful nuclear test um, just this morning. Um, it, they said that they detonated what they call a hydrogen bomb um, that they can mount on an intercontinental ballistic missile. You know what's really crazy is whenever you see these news reports that come out, there's always this this uh, stock photo that they make sure they release out too. Oh, the, of of the rocket going up, the rocket going up, or um, or or Kim Jun look uh, looking at the bomb, like, oh, this is a good, this is an interesting bomb. Like, yeah, like that's the, that's their go to B roll. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but so apparently, uh, this this uh, bomb they they now say they can mount on an intercontinental um, ballistic missile, and that. Um, they can launch this this bomb, uh, and they can reach as close as you know. They always talk about Guam. Um, earlier in the week, they actually shot a missile over Japan. Yes, um, I don't know if you heard that. So of course, uh, Trump being 
the calm, sober man that he is. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Donald Trump. Yeah, you talking about Donald Trump. Um, well, he well he of course tweeted that this was a dangerous course of action, um, and he also basically uh, made fun of South Korea. Uh, said that South South Korea's appeasement um, is not doing any good. They he said that China's um, uh, China has not been helpful in the process. As a matter of fact, he threatened the South Koreans that he was not. They, uh, they had a uh, a treaty uh, that they were trying to pass, um, like a commercial treaty, and he rescinded it. Um, and uh, General Mattis, you know, our defense secretary, he said that uh, they're posturing for military action. Uh, and this is, and I quote, Mattis says, we have many military options and the president wanted to be briefed on each of them. Any threat to the United States or its territories, including Guam or our allies, will be met with massive military, with a massive military response, um, both effective and overwhelming. So, um, that's what I woke up to this morning on this great Labor Day weekend. Jelani, any thoughts? I just want to have that, 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 that pause right there, that silence, so you know that I was over here mulling over here listening to everything you were saying, and I'm so upset because this is stupid, and it's ridiculous, and there's this posturing, and these two children are fighting with people's lives. Or playing with people's lives, just so to see who looks better. And here's the thing: you, well, Kim Jong Un probably looks good to his people, but you don't look good to us doing this stuff. You look stupid, and you might get somebody hurt. No one's like, "Oh man, yeah, you really no stop." This is not a dick measuring <laughs> contest, homie. Yeah, stop. No, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. It it simply doesn't. And so they're you know. You know, again, we talk about North Korea a lot. We talk about the military action. We talked about North Korea last week. Um, there is no real awesome decision. There's no right answer to this. Um, but cl- clearly, it doesn't help to saber rattle and to elevate North Korea because um, that's what you do. Exactly. And on top of that, then you sit and say, oh, our two closest allies that are in connection to right. North Korea. Right. Well, let's go ahead and, and talk about how stupid they are, too. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah do that. That's yeah. a great idea. Oh, oh, South Korea, you suck. China, you suck. We're the only ones protect. Ah, you guys both suck. That's good. Yeah. Smart move. That's a good plan. Yeah. Um, so, we just want to give folks an update on Hurricane Harvey. Uh, it's gone much more disastrous since no, we, you know, talked about last week. Absolutely. From what I hear, it's going to take... Billions of dollars to fix, and it's like a situation like it's like probably they say it's worse than Katrina. Like it's gonna be a situation where Houston's impacted like this for years on end. Yeah, let me. I I I mean, let me just go through some 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 of the stats. I mean, they're because they're pretty staggering. Um, Harvey has dumped more than fifty inches of rain on Texas. Um, it's the biggest in in any storm ever in the continental United States. Um. People outside of the Houston area, uh, there's parts in small towns that have been told basically to get out and evacuate. Um, there's there's a uh, there was a small town or actually a county in Texas that had an Instagram, and on their Instagram there was like a meme. You know those memes that you can basically have a background and just words. I don't know if they called something, but where it just has nothing but the background and words, and it says, um, "Get out of uh, X county." Now that's all it said, and that was from like the county official website. (laughs) 
So that's how staggering um, some of these 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 stories are. Um, 18 people have been killed. Um, the death toll is likely to rise. Um, the country's second largest refinery um, actually uh, uh, was damaged, um, and it was uh, forced to shut down. There was a large explosion at the uh, Ar- uh, the Arkema fa- uh, plant where they build like very really poisonous um, uh, like plastics and, and materials. As a matter of fact, they had a skeleton crew there of like fifty employees after the initial word like the evacuation to leave. They told these fifty employees get out, so they left. Basically, just <laughs> left the factory to itself, and they basically cleared a mile about a mile and a half radius around, saying don't go near it. And, and there was a couple explosions that happened there. Um, so all these things are happening around Houston because once the water resides, right, and the waters go down, then you actually really see the devastation. I mean, you really don't, I mean, there are some parts of like Texas, like in Beaumont, Texas, where it's still like waters either rising because levees have broken or levees have overflowed, reservoirs have overflowed. Um, it's pretty damn awful. Um, as a matter of fact, Jelani, um, I don't know if you know, but we actually have a friend's friends of ours that were down there um i'm not gonna say their names but they actually posted on instagram and facebook their house getting flooded i don't know if you saw it i i, I don't think i did see that i might have missed so that. i mean it was like she posted on facebook my house is uh the water is flooding and it i, I swear it's like one of those millions of other hundreds of other, other videos that you see of people posting of them just water just a street with just water flowing and then she posted that they ended up at a shelter and they took a photo of themselves and their kids at the shelter. Oh, my God. I mean, literally, it's like they're, I mean, it, it's like the house is gone. Yeah. Um, they put up a, a GoFundMe, and they raised, raised like $8,000 okay. in, uh, uh, in monies. Um, but, I mean, it just, it's devastating to appreciate kind of the devastation of it all. Um, so it's like, you know, all this stuff is happening in terms of the initial flood. So you're trying to get, get out and survive. But then the aftermath is there's still infrastructure that's destroyed, right? There's standing water. There's, there's, um, I mean, there's no infrastructure, right? There's no, I mean, you can't just go about your day as it would just a normal day. Exactly. And the, the, the thing about it is, unfortunately, it's a too little too late. And it's not a situation where you want to say, I told you so. But there was an opportunity to start focusing on um, states and counties that actually were highly susceptible to these kinds of like dramatic situations when they were to arise it's like people didn't want <clears throat> some senators and things didn't want to put money towards projects like that i heard the situation where like oh no we don't want to put money towards that that's that's a waste of time that's that's pork and this is when obama wasn't was in office like no let's go ahead and put money towards here and here and like no 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 we don't have any of that and that situation where when you needed it, when you needed to have those sewer lines or what have you, so that situation where the water had some place to go, it had no place to go. And so you bring up a good point is what's the government's responsibility and role going forward, right? And 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 now what is the government's responsibility in trying to recover and trying to, I mean, rebuild this area? Um, so FEMA takes control. So FEMA is the Federal um, Emergency Management Administration. Their job is to go into areas such as this, disaster areas, and basically uh, inject some organization, inject coordination into this disaster relief area. Uh, Once an area has been deemed as a federal emergency and FEMA takes over, uh, FEMA kind of coordinates everything going forward. And the federal government now absorbs basically the cost of the cleanup. 
Um, so FEMA is taking over. Um, but it's not as easy as people think. Um, this will take, as people are saying and alluding, uh, alluding to, it'll take years for, I mean, years for, 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 this, for the city and the area to even come remotely close to what they were before this. Parts of Katrina, uh, the south, um, excuse me, New Orleans, are still barely starting to even see some 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 semblance of of what they had back before Katrina hit. Um, Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey. I, I mean, so uh, this is going to take a very, very long time. Um, but I want you to kind of get an understanding um, from an, an, kind of an explanation of what the steps are going forward and how difficult and the, how, how challenging this, this recovery effort will be. Um, I have a, um, a clip from uh, Pod Save America. And I want you to kind of listen to them explain to you what what this cleanup process will look like and really and, and to understand the magnitude of, of Hurricane Harvey. Let's take a listen. How do you think FEMA and other agencies have done so far in dealing with Harvey? So, you know, I think it's so, like, this period of time, people are glad to be alive, right? In the coming days, people are going to start getting really pissed. And the thing that we have to remember is that, you know, the federal government, FEMA, the state of Texas have done their level best. I mean, people have already started criticizing the mayor of Houston, saying they should have evacuated. You know, you really can only do with the information that you have. And a couple other things that I just wanted to flag for the uh, pod listeners out there, that um, right now there are 40,000 homes that they estimate have been destroyed, and only 15% of those are estimated to have flood insurance. Over 325,000 people have already registered for FEMA assistance, and 22% of uh, people in Houston live below the poverty line. So let me explain what that means. What that means is that this is a housing disaster. FEMA is not going to be able to make families whole, and that's not really what they're meant to do. And the biggest need, which is why money is so important right now, the biggest need will be for families who have no flood insurance, who cannot repair their homes, and who still have mortgages. And that's going to be a lot of people in the Houston area. So that is why one thing I wanted to say is that I know, you know, when you tweet about how people can help, and people say, oh, the Red Cross, like there's been such like shitty things said about them. Here's the thing to remember. Very few organizations can mobilize as quickly as the Red Cross. So um, it's pretty depressing when you hear the numbers uh, because, <laughs> you know, I want, I, I want to see if we can kind of just take a step back and think about what it is to be in a natural disaster, right? So flood comes in, you're scrambling, you know, they say you have to leave your shit, right? Mm-hmm. You got to go. You got to get out of there. You got to yeah. go. Just leave. So you kind of maybe, you know, you, you, you were kind of prepared. You thought that you had everything ready, right? You realize you can't stay in the house for some reason, right? You grab your stuff and you leave. You get in your car. You grab some of the bags and stuff that you have. Matt, like 90% of your stuff is still in your house, mm-hmm. right? And you leave. And then you go to, you know, the nearest you know, gymnasium, whatever they say to go to, right? And you're hanging out there, right? And the storm's coming and blah, blah, blah. And there's like floods and you're there. And let's say that you have to go to, you know, a bigger place, right? Because that place ends up getting flooded, right? And you go to a larger place. And now you're in a place where, okay, you're there with hundreds of of other people sitting on, sleeping on cots, right? Mm -hmm. That's after three or four days, right? You might, you manage to get some food. You're there with your family. You have a couple cots and whatever, right? So now it's been like three or four days, Right. That, that you've been kind of in this place. 
Um, and then let's say you get in a situation where, you, you know, you're there, you're registering, right? You have to go to the bathrooms, right? You're not, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's an awful place to be at. Exactly. So fast forward, you go home, you have the opportunity to go home, right? Let's say, hey, we have clearance, you're able to go back to your house. The flood waters have, have gone, but there's still, but, but, but there's still a devastation everywhere, right? You get into your house and it's like a fucking disaster. Exactly. Of course it would be. It's like flooded. You know, there's water maybe a foot high still. You're rummaging through stuff. There's then, water damage everywhere. There's water damage everywhere, yeah. right? I mean, it's awful, right? And that's, let's say, day four, maybe? Like, what happens in the meanwhile? What about work? Yeah. What about your kid's school? Yeah. What about, like, your normal fucking life? Yeah, like, life has been, up, up like, basically turned upside down. Yeah. Like, like this is, like, your, you, wh- what do you drive? Work? With your car? How do you get to like? Do you is you work is work even still available? Is work there? Is work there? Yeah. Like how do, roads are closed still? Like I don't like how do you even begin to function and process through that? And that's only like the first three four days, and then let's say even after that's taken care of, right? Like if I mean eighty percent of people don't have flood insurance there. Eighty yeah. fucking percent yeah. don't have flood insurance. Like, what happens to your house? What happens to that economy? What happens to the... I mean, does it get foreclosed? Is it, I mean, all these huge things happen. Like you said, your job might not even fucking be there. Your work yeah. may not... Like, if you work in a factory where they have shut down... Yeah. Like, what do you do for jobs? Like, we have yet to understand the magnitude of what this disaster will cause. Yeah. It's... I mean, this is just what we see at the surface level. Exactly. Like, like same thing with Katrina. It was a situation where we weren't able to see what really was the impact until months later. And then really, honestly, years later, when it's like, hey, this is what happened. And the rebuilding kind of slowly started taking place. But it's 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 rough. And it's, it's sad because, like, a lot of people, like, people people know people everywhere. But I'm just like, people close to us, like you said, are affected by this, too. So it's like, dang. I mean, people will just leave the area. You were just like, I'm not moving back into this fucking place. I'm yeah, just gone. I'm gone. Right? And like, what if you're like really like poor or you, I mean, you're just low income. Like mm-hmm. you have nothing. Yeah. Some of these people, they live in these like um, far flung places in rural areas of Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck man. Like what happens to your life? Who exactly. helps you at that point? Exactly. So this is estimated to cost over $120 billion. I mean, easily. Cause Katrina was, was about a hundred billion dollars. Um, the federal government has has already started. Um, there's Trump has asked for Congress to pass eight billion dollars of of immediate funding for this disaster, um, but it's pretty fucking awful. Um, but that's kind of the update with what's going on with Harvey. Uh, you know, again, uh, there's there's plenty of organizations out there that that will accept money and donations. Um, what what some people are saying is you know you, you should, if you're gonna make a donation you you should do it in like that kind of a, a you know a three organization cocktail like one is for like the American Red Cross right because they're the first boots on the ground two you should um, donate to like a local organization you know because the local organizations know the area they have the ability to take that money use it immediately. And the third one is, you know, for those who, who would want to, you know, like like animal organizations and shelters. Um, those are folks, I think, like there was estimated in Katrina, like 150,000 animals died. Oh, wow. So, um, so I mean, do, do what you will with the donation. But um, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty fucking awful. Um, the images are, are, are just devastating. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we tread through it. Yeah. 
What's up next? Uh, some more, more, more happy news, obviously. Yeah, some exciting news. We're gonna talk about the debt ceiling. Yay! Um, as we, you know, as the next weeks start making, as Congress starts coming back next week mm-hmm. and legislation, getting back to work, getting yeah. back to work, um, and policy and legislation starts making its way through, I'm gonna start trying to hi- highlight some of these big issues. Um, and I think that's important. People take this in kind of bite-sized pieces. Um, so the first biggest thing I want to talk about is the debt ceiling. Okay. So um, I want to try to, the, the goal of me doing this is try to have people understand this really simple process um, and try not to get bogged down with the rhetoric, but just have a basic understanding of what the debt ceiling is. So when people start talking about it, you have a pretty good sense. So uh, let, let me just start right from the beginning. Um, by September 29th, um, unless Trump and Congress pass a law raising the U.S. debt limit, which is a legal cap on how much the U.S. government is allowed to borrow, the Treasury, the Treasury Department will soon run out of money to pay its bill, triggering the first in modern U.S. history default that threatens to, to turn the world economy on its head. Um, quite honestly, a default would crack the world's faith and confidence in the U.S.'s economy and credibility, um, to pay its bills and repay its loan. Um, and the notion of the full faith and credit of the United States will forever be tarnished. Um, that is not a hyperbolic statement. It is just true fact. Um, one thing that I want folks to understand, if you know anything about basic economics, and I don't know any, I don't really know much about uh, economics, but I know the basics, mm-hmm. is that it is based upon faith. Uh, economies and the world markets based upon the belief that something will happen, okay? Um, that's why the market doesn't like insecurity, right? They don't like things when things are volatile. You know, They want to know when shit happens. Um, when you say the credit of the United States, it is unmatched. I mean, it's undisputed. Um, not raising the... Uh, defaulting and not raising the debt ceiling would hinder and uh, forever tarnish that credibility okay okay so now the first part of the debt ceiling is um it it, it all kind of starts with this uh, the budget okay and and i, I want to just say the congress has to pass the budget okay and then the president signs it okay but i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna leave it right there because i'm gonna let you listen to some audio okay that, that will go into a little bit better detail and explain to you how from that budget process how the debt ceiling is involved got it my body is ready let's listen so congress decides what it wants bridges tanks buildings courts robots on mars robots on earth national parks whatever and approves a budget with that stuff in it Once approved, the president is required by law to spend the money Congress listed in the budget and pay for it using the taxes that Congress set. As long as more taxes come in than spending goes out, everything is fine, but almost always Congress puts more stuff in the budget than they cover with taxes, which means that the president must borrow money to cover the difference. In most countries, the story ends here because if their legislatures approve more spending than they have income, they've also implicitly approved the necessary borrowing, but not in America. Here, Congress also limits the total amount of debt the United States can have. A debt limit sounds like a good idea until you see the real-world consequences of these two branches of government interacting. 
As the total amount borrowed gets closer to the limit, Congress usually points to the president and acts shocked, shocked that his reckless spending has brought us so close to the debt limit that they, reasonable, prudent Congress, have set. And while it's technically correct that the president has borrowed this money, Congress has forced him to do it by approving a budget that the president is legally obligated to spend without also approving the necessary taxes to cover that spending. So the debt limit fight is essentially the government version of the playground favorite, Stop Hitting Yourself, except with added terror for everyone watching. For it's important to note that debt limit is not about future spending. It's not a credit card on which the limit will be raised so a crazy government party can be thrown. The debt limit is about paying bills already incurred. For example, the government hires a company to repave a federal highway. But if the US is at the debt limit when the company asks to be paid after the work has been done, the government can't. This shakes trust in the US, and since large parts of the global economy depend on the dollar being trustworthy, messing with that trust is a big deal. But there is a way out. Congress can raise the debt limit, and because of the aforementioned terror, they always have. So if not raising the debt ceiling is potentially disastrous, and the solution is simple and always taken in the end, why does this debate last months? Because politics. Because politics. That's absolutely right. That's why it's in there. Um, so that kind of explained things a bit. I think it was really good. I, like, that's like a situation where you could put that in schools and have children like watch that. Obviously, it's a video, but we clipped it out for the audio because it's a podcast. But no, I, that was really, really interesting. I, I understand more now. So um, the, the, the concern we all have is that uh, once the government goes into, um, doesn't, is not able to pay its bills anymore, then um, that'll cause world economies to, to, to shudder. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. September 29th is looming. It's a few weeks away. Um, and Congress has to get this done and passed. Um, there's a slight silver lining to the whole Harvey hurricane. Um, is that folks are saying right now because of the funding required for Hurricane Harvey and the massive federal efforts it will require... Um, there's no way that they will allow the federal government to to be shut down because of Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. So the good news is that you know you can't stop the train from you know going on the tracks because of politics, not not the name of Har you know Harvey. So okay, well politically I mean, it's, it would be a horrible environment to put yourself in. I understand, but some people like the guy who's in the big seat, he doesn't care what he looks like as far as uh, politically. At least, at least I, I don't feel like he does, but but True. I could be I'm not wrong. I I mean um uh you know the um there was a, a firm you know Goldman Sachs mm -hmm. you know? yeah I know Goldman Sachs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goldman Sachs put out a survey um that said basically it went from two weeks ago before Harvey before the political climate it was like fifty fifty that it, that it would pass or that it wouldn't pass now it's down to thirty five percent of it not passing so. They're inclined to think that there's a seventy percent of it passing now. Seventy percent of the debt ceiling passing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. because of Harvey. I got you. I got you. Okay. So, um, that's the good news, I guess, with the Hurricane Harvey. Sure. Glass yeah. half full, kind of guys. What we are. Yeah. Glass half full. All right. So, as I was mentioning before, with the uh, DT and his thoughts on how he's looking right now. What's up with his polling? How's that going? Um. So. You know, it's 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 going to be frustrating for most people to realize um, that his poll numbers haven't shifted that much. Um, 
it's hard for me to explain, you know, you know, we're gonna listen to a clip in a little bit and they're gonna explain it to you. Um we're gonna have Nate Silver try try to explain it to folks, but uh, you know, that phrase, you know, you can't go you know you know, you can't go lower than this already. It's like you're as low as you can already be. I have never heard that phrase before in my life. <laughs> I mean maybe, oh, maybe you're kinda <laughs> maybe you're saying it really wrong, but I'm I've, saying I, it awfully wrong. It's yeah, not like, like, like when you've you hit, know that phrase, the phrase that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you already hit rock bottom. Okay. You know, it's like you can't go lower than rock bottom. I understand. It's like kind of. Um, so let me just give you some his most recent polling. OK, yeah, please do that. And just next time, just say things. And don't say it. OK, the same. OK, just fine. All right. All right. OK, <laughs> so you think after all this Charlottesville stuff happened, like his poll would be really bad, right? Like, I would. Yeah, like, I, that's I, what I think you would I, imagine. Yeah. So Trump's approval rating uh, was thirty six point nine percent, according to Nate Silver's website, five thirty eight average only down from 37.6% on the day before the Charlottesville um, protest. His disapproval rating was 56.8%, up only slightly from 56.3% from Charlottesville. There's been very little movement, um, but there's been a sort of unambiguous decline um, in Trump's rating. Um, so the question is why? Um, why haven't all these events really like kind of shoved his approval rating as low as it can, right? It's because he's already summoning, he's already appealing to his base. Like, we have to understand that no matter where we are in this country, the country is at best starts at 50-50, okay? Republican, Democrats, right? So, so you count out the 50%, right? So that's already gone. So you're dealing with the other 50%, right? Part of that 50% sandwich, there's about 20% of that 50% that will never leave Trump. Will never, never, ever leave Trump. I mean, no matter what he does, he's I'm sticking with this guy. That's about 20%. So you're probably left about 30%, right? So the other 15% on top of that 20% is kind of like, hey, I'm still giving him a chance. He's kind of weird, you know? And that puts you at right about 35 37%. And the other 10% are now gone, right? So they've left. So, so, so Trump approval is going to be at about 37%. It's not going to ever get lower than that. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So, um, so I'm going to have you listen to Nate Silver. Um, and they're going to go and explain to you in their words a little bit um, on the technical side how, how, how this makes sense in terms of poll, polling numbers. All right, Nate, talk to me. When your approval rating is 37% or 38%, where we have it today, 37.6, it's not that hard to fight issues to a draw when you only need 37% of the country to agree with you. And that's kind of the instinct of the White House, I think, is to say, hey, look, you know, yeah, we kind of stepped in it because the president actually does have certain feelings about this that probably aren't that politically correct. But how can we kind of muck this up enough that we can... Get this only 37% of the country, but get that 37% to come along with us and to kind of say, well, it's kind of a controversy about free expression and the right to protest and Confederate monuments, and you're mixing in the bad apples with the good apples. You know, I mean, it's not like America's very persuaded by this on the whole, mm-hmm. and Trump's not a very popular guy on the whole, but, but 37% of the country is, and that's not that hard to maintain. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. You know, this is something we've seen from the moment that Trump started his campaign 
to now is that Trump relies on that so-called quote-unquote base, and the size of that base has certainly shifted over time, but right now it's, it's right around where it was in the election if you look at the favorability ratings, and he was able to win, so there's that thought, okay, we got it, we're good, without recognizing, of course, that, you know, your approval rating being between 37 and 38 percent normally, as long as you don't face an unpopular politician like Hillary Clinton, is not a very good place to be. All right. So what we've come to learn about Trump is that he will only play to his base. I've, um, I've known that, but yeah. So he's going to he's going to hold on. He's going to have a death grip over that 37 percent. He's going to always, always, always be clutching those. And that's what he did during the election. Um, during his campaigning, so I the question is: Is he going to be able to govern beyond that? Um, I don't think it's possible. Why do you have such a long pause? I I don't know. Sometimes I get depressed. Sometimes I have this show with you, my friend, and I hear things, and it makes me it makes me really sad. Yeah, so, so there's a few things I want folks to take away is one is that it's easy, like Nate Silver said, it's easy to basically have a fight to a draw because he only needs to basically get 37%. Number two is that um, be wary of claims that Trump has hit his approval rating floor. Um, so far, his numbers have been declining, but not holding steady. Um, so so just know that don't underestimate him. Um because he can go higher than where he's at right now. Because he's always he's he's almost near rock bottom. Um, and if Trump does have a floor, it's probably at around twenty percent, not the thirty. So he still has a lot of room to go go lower. That would be remarkable to on your first year get the twenty. Has anybody done that recently? Um, I know at the lowest, like Nixon was in like the twenties when uh when he left. He was at like twenty two when he left office. So there's there's still twenty two percent of the country that still you know when he left. Because he had to step down. Like, that's how low he was. And we have a guy who's only 10% higher than... Oh, my gosh. Whew. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Exciting. Yay. Yay news. Yay news. Fantastic. Uh, let's um pump the brakes on that and move on into our next segment. Let's uh, do something a little more fun. Let's go ahead and jump into that weekend wrap-up. Ajilani, your weekend, how was it? Let me know what you do or who you... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> You're so silly. Um, yeah, so it's funny because like we're recording today. Uh, go ahead and expose the fourth wall. We are recording on a Sunday, so it's actually the weekend right now. So it's, it's kind of funny. But my weekend stories kind of started with the situation where um, one of my previous roommates... Uh, she decided that, and I know she's listening, she decided that she wants to leave sunny Southern California and try yet again for the Pacific Northwest up in Washington. So what happened was I uh, was able to um, have a drink with her. We talked, like, you know, you know kind of caught up a little bit. Like, oh, this was going on. And like, like what, what her decision was based off of and why she decided she wanted to make this move. And I think it could be really good for her. So uh, her and her dad are driving up there. Like, I think as we speak, um, up to Washington, she's going to try to sit there and get a real cool job up there. Still working with dogs. She's really passionate about that. So I'm really, really proud of her. And I think she's going like, to do really well. That so, sounds fun. Yeah, really, really cool. So moving into the actual weekend and what happened yesterday. 
um, earlier in the week, I was walking around in Long Beach, my city, where I live, uh, and I saw a bus that said, hey, Comic-Con this weekend. And I was like, a Comic-Con? What? <laughs> With a Comic-Con right down the street? I was mad because I didn't know, so I obviously did not buy any tickets. I had no idea. But Saturday morning, I was like, even though I don't have tickets, I, it's right down the street. I'm just going to just walk around around the perimeter, sure. around the perimeter of the okay. building. Yeah. So I, just I did, be around it. Yeah, exactly. Just be around the energy for a quick second. And I did exactly that. So what I did, woke up, walking down the street, and as I'm walking, I turn to my left, and there's Princess Leia just on the other side of the street, just chilling. So this is the, the so with the situation being that I was the very first cosplayer that I had seen at all, it was kind of cool because like she seemed so out of place at that point. Cross the street to the actual where the convention center was, where the Comic Con was taking place, and you start seeing more people start pu- pu- pulling up. You see a girl who's dressed like Harley Quinn. Like from the Suicide Squad version, cool. obviously. She looked just like her, too. It was like pretty oh, that's crazy. Because sometimes you get someone just like, oh, you shouldn't be hardly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, mm, maybe you shouldn't want to do this. There was this dude who was just like the penguin, but he looked like the penguin from like the old Batman series. But this dude was walking like a pimp <laughs> on purpose. And then he had two of his, like, uh, his goons or whatever, and they're walking behind him. He was, I was like, he was the freshest penguin I've ever seen in my life. He was like, just boss. yeah, like bossing. I was like, ridiculous. Get to the front, and that's where all the people are. And they had all these really cool cars from like a whole bunch of pop culture references. They had the DeLorean, they had Speed Racer's car, they had a car that looked like a car from Star Wars. Obviously, there aren't any cars in Star Wars, but it was made to look like it was a car that was in Star Wars. They had I don't think they had a Jurassic Park car, but they had a whole bunch of really cool cars. They had a Batman and Joker car that were like in the middle, like facing off against each other, and all the people were in costumes. It was so funny because it was super duper hot yesterday. Very hot. Stupid hot. And people were wearing these full-on costumes. I was like, how are you guys not dying? They're dedicated. D- dedication. Absolutely. These girls had tendrils from like Star Wars on their heads. There was a girl who was basically wearing normal clothes. She's wearing like a normal, regular outfit, but she was painted orange. Yeah, orange. yeah, just orange. Just, just it's gonna be hot. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. But it was it was really really fun. So all I did was like look around a little bit, saw what was going on, saw everybody just on the peripheries, on the peripheries, and then I decided to grab myself a really cool hot dog because obviously when you have comic cons and things like that, they have the food trucks. So I went and grabbed me a hot dog from the food truck, and I was like, I'm out. I'm chilling. I'm going home. That's what you did. That's what I did. And then later on in the afternoon, handshake. You never got to go inside. No, I didn't buy a ticket. It was sold out? I don't know. I just didn't buy a ticket. You didn't check? See? How it was much? a line. It was hot. I was like, mm. <laughs> You were in line to buy tickets? Yes. I mean, there was a whole lot of work that was involved. I was like, I, I didn't have like, this already pre-planned. Yeah. I was, mm. was going to just be around. Yeah. I was like, I, I, cool. I, I got enough out of it. Because here's the thing. I had something that was very similar later on. Because hands showed up later on in the night. And we're like, oh, let's go get um something. Well, no. Actually, first, first she made me dinner. Yummy. Yes. Uh, so like it was like chicken and, and green bell peppers and green beans. It was delicious. And I had this honey glaze sauce that she made with like, ginger. You and gave shit. me hunger. It was, it, was pretty, it was pretty damn good. It was, it, was, it was pretty lit. Anyway, after we eat, we're like, oh, let's go get a uh, beer. So we go down to this uh, place called Public. And I was like, dude, there is um, there was supposed to be this event. Like called Saturday morning cartoons that's gonna be in public um on on the second, and she's like, that's that's today, and I was like, it is today. <laughs> I didn't I, I don't have a calendar with me all the time. Um, 
So we go inside and it was dope. Everybody was in there and they had all of these paintings in there. Like it's not always like this. They had all these paintings that was made by this guy who was like, who painted cartoons and stuff. And he also, oh, wow. had, and he also had comic books. You know, like when we were younger, um, like maybe like sixth grade or whatever, and like Jim Lee was doing like X-Men comics. Yes. They had framed versions of those comics in there. Oh, wow. So it looked really, really sick. And on every single table, there was a couple of comic books, like old 70s comic books you could just read while you were chilling. All right, so we're just sitting there, and then you look on the screen, they have a monitor, and they're showing old Saturday morning cartoons. And they would show, like, they showed the Iron Man cartoon, which I have never seen, uh, <laughs> and it looked, it was really bad. Um, they also showed Biker Mice <laughs> from Mars, which I liked when I, I was younger. I know who that is. It, was, it used to come on Channel 13. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, but then you look at the cartoon, and they have, also it shows uh, Transformers. Like, all these cartoons were so, like... Old cartoons, like they were basically uh, promoted to boys for toys selling purposes, were so bad. If you look at them again now, it's like these are terrible yeah, cartoons. Like the true. animation, it's like you were like, it was, like it was just wonky, wonky. Yeah. But I was like sitting there staring enamored the whole time. I was, it was, I was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that 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 was basically in a nutshell. And then obviously here I am hanging out with you, looking you in the face. Don't like look a, me in the face. Right in the face. You, you can look away from straight me. Straight in the eyeball is what I'm doing right now. So that's another part of my weekend Just is what I'm doing right now. Take your eyeballs and avert them. Do not want them in my direction. Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. What you got? So, so I just actually want to piggyback off of my uh, my experience last week uh, watching Hamilton. Because um, it's a funny story that I've got to include. So, so I'll just take this moment to share that. So... Um, my wife and I, when we when we, we went to go watch Hamilton, it was part of our subscription. Your wife, who was a gangster, yes, sir. Yeah, she's a thug, um, <laughs> and so every time I get an opportunity to share why she's a thug, um, I think it's important people know. So first of all, my wife is like four foot nine. Mm-hmm. She's a tiny, tiny thing. Yes, you know we call her fun size. Okay. So, um, but she is a boss, yes. you know, she has like that, com- you know, she has a complex, like, yeah, you know, yeah. she don't let anybody fuck with her. No, you, you know? don't come at the king. She has like, queen. yeah, it's like Kanye and Queen Bay. Yeah. All, uh, of it. all like mixed in like yeah. a, like Nicki Minaj body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just all, all dynamite yes. size. Anyways. So, uh, you know, when you buy the subscription, you, you purchase that seat. Right. And so every show, the people next to you are pretty much going to be the same people. It's like season pass holders. Right. Y'all sit in the same seats. So basically like a little family because y'all know each other almost. Yes. But I mean, I, well, we, you know, we didn't take time to know the people there. You know, so, so sometimes they sell the tickets, too. And so or they give them to friends and family. So they're not always there. But generally, yes, it's always going to be the same people. OK. So um, there's two girls next to us that were ridiculously loud. Like, uh, and two or three of the shows that we had watched to a point where one of the last shows, my wife actually like left right before the very end of the show because she just could not, cannot, um, she could not stand their cackling anymore. She was so pissed off at them. Right. Mm. And so before this show started, my wife and I, we had a game plan. She was like, honey, I hope those girls aren't there tonight. And I said, they're probably going to be cause it's like the last show and it's fucking Hamilton. Yeah. So they're probably going to be there. She's like, oh, I'm going to have to say something. I'm like, you should fucking say something. Before the show, we fucking starts lay some ground rules. Mm-hmm. Like, lay some ground rules. Bitches, look, <laughs> you better not fucking ruin this show. You know, and preempt that shit. Preempt oh. that shit, right? Because last time they were drinking and they're like, ah, like just wild. Just the best I can explain is like Valley Girls. And like the bitches know like every single fucking song that comes on. So they'd be like singing it. It's like, bitch, I don't, I don't, I don't fucking pay for you. <laughs> 
I pay for them. <laughs> so anyways, we're game planning this. We arrived there that night. We arrived to our seats. The girls haven't shown up yet, right? My wife actually decides to walk over to the girls that the row in front of us. The girl, the, the row, the, and, and, and approach two of the girls who's sitting right in front of us, right? And decides to collaborate with them. My wife starts to warn them and says, um, I don't mean to be that bitch, but um, there are some girls who sit basically behind you um, that are probably going to be really loud. See, my husband and I are subscribers to this show. And the last two or three times, the girls were very loud. Um, they were very obnoxious. And so this is Hamilton tonight. So we've been waiting a year and a half to see this show. Um, if I say something, will, you know, will you girls back me up if, you know, that happens? And the girls are like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, no, this is Hamilton. Yeah. I'm not having that shit. And yeah. my wife's like, okay, good, because I didn't want to sound like I'm that asshole alone if, you know, because... They're loud, but they'd be like basically yelling in your ear because you're directly in front of them. They're next to us, but they're directly in front of you. I have a photo of my wife like trying to scheme this, right? So my wife goes back and sits back down. I'm like, what'd you tell uh, tell them? And my wife says, well, I got some backup. Mm. And I said, okay. The girls come by. They actually arrive and of they course. sit down. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my God. Here. <laughs> okay, here it fucking comes, right? And then um, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, do you want to switch seats? Just, you know, so you don't have to be directly next to them. Yeah. My wife goes, no, 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 I got this. I got this. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Right. Hamilton fucking comes out. Yeah. Not the moment, not one fucking syllable come out. The girl next to us was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. The girl who my wife just co-opted, who was sitting in front of him, she immediately turns around and says, no. <laughs> she says, No. That will not be happening tonight. And this girl is also a little person, Jelani. She turns and goes, this will not be happening tonight. I paid a lot of money to be here. I am not going to hear you. That's not happening tonight. The girls were fucking shocked. They did not know what to fucking say. They were just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She's like, no, you will not. that, That will not happen tonight. Turned back fucking around. My wife looked at the girl to the side and didn't have to say a fucking word. And guess what, Jelani? They did not fucking make another fucking peep the whole fucking show. I felt kind of bad because as I, the show was progressing, the girls next to us, they literally were trying to contain themselves by putting their hands over their mouth. Like literally, like physically trying to like... Aah! Like literally, like it like they were about to fucking explode. But because they didn't want to get, you know, beat up, we had a, you know, they kept quiet. My wife and I had a great time. Fucking love Hamilton again. Want to promote that. Um, but that was part of my story that I left out last week, Jelani. That was very entertaining. I'm glad that you shared that part with me. Yeah, it's I, a funny fucking story. It was amazing. I love that. Also, it's weird that those girls were so excited about something that they couldn't contain themselves. To oh, that, they to, were like physically, like they were fucking dying, Jelani. Yeah, that's, physically. That's really, really weird. I mean, like I almost, she had like a physical reaction to not being able to fucking t- sing. How strange is that? Oh it's my like God. so weird. I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> It literally is like, oh my god, I want to say something so bad. I can't. What is her problem? Oh, gosh, 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 gosh. All right, let's go ahead and move into the next segment. That was great. Let's go jump into them pros in different area codes. So, um, 
you know, as part of our conversation with uh, Hurricane Harvey, there's been a lot of uh, fundraising efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and being that this is a pros and different error codes segment, I want to talk about J.J. Watt. John, do you know who J.J. Watt is? He is the founder of the Watts Corporation in oh, Watts. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't know okay. who J.J. Watt is. J.J. Watt is defensively one of the most, the one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Also, he plays football. Uh, yes, he plays for the Houston Texans, as a matter of fact, um, the football team. It's a very redundant name for a football team. Right. Um, well, he put on social media a campaign to raise money for um, Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. Uh, he has raised it at $18 million. Wow, that's really, really good. Um, extraordinary amount of money. As a matter of fact, um, he, uh, part of his giving campaign, um, he's already generally a giving person. He, he's just kind of known for that. But um, part of the first phase of his hurricane relief, uh, he drove through Houston, um, dropping off and handing out uh, 10 semi-trucks full of goods um, to Arizona, hard hit by uh, Hurricane Harvey. Um, and none of the $18 million money was spent. It was his monies that he went out and purchased. Wow, really? So go, J.J. Watt. Good, good for you, J.J. Watt. Now I know who you are. Well, at least I know that you did this. I don't know what you look like. He's, I, all he, like he, he's all these commercials. I'm sure he is. If I pass him yeah, on the street, I walk right past know. him. You want to know who J.J. Wouldn't Watt know. is. Wouldn't know. Um... So what you need to know is Lakers got fined five hundred thousand dollars for tampering. Did you hear about that? No, no. What are they tampering with? So you hear Paul George is supposed to come to Los Angeles Lakers. Does that? No. I need you to, uh, to to realize that we have this portion of the show, <laughs> and we definitely need it. We obviously we talk about pro- politics, pro sports, and pop culture totally. But don't hit me with stuff. Like that. I'm not going to know. Okay. <laughs> so Paul George, PG thirteen is what they call them. What yeah. it, is, his, is his number thirteen at least? Yes. Okay. That's why that. Paul George, PG thirteen. Sure. So um, he's he's supposed to come to the LA Lakers, but he's still on or was on another team, and so he basically put on Twitter, "Hey, look, I'm going to leave to the Lakers." Um, mm. Well, the problem is that uh, the Lakers can't. The rules in the NBA say that you cannot tamper, you cannot engage with um, an agent or a player uh, until a certain date. Oh. Because you can't like tamper, you can't try to woo another player. You just they're, they're they're off limits. You cannot have any talking of them. Okay, but that does happen. Tampering happens all the time. There's conversations that happen between. I mean, there's it just don't get caught. They don't get caught. While the Lakers, quote unquote, got caught, um, so they were fined five hundred thousand dollars, and it was the first time really that any team has really been fined for tampering. Um, the Indiana Pacers actually put in a claim and they basically filed and said that the Lakers were tampering. The NBA looked into it and came out with this ruling the other day. What does that mean for Lakers? It means that it does give a black eye because they were caught for tampering. Um, $500,000 is nothing. It's fucking a drop in the bucket, right? Um, but it's important to realize because uh, if the NBA is going to start making it an issue about tampering, the guy do better than, you know, a $500,000 fine. Um, as for the Lakers, it does kind of look bad. It wasn't because, because, I mean, if you think back on it a few months ago, like Magic Johnson was on Jimmy Kimmel's, ba- I mean, basically saying Paul George is coming to us. Um, but it really wasn't that that caused it. That's kind of what the biggest um, exposure to it was. The thing that the NBA was looking at was the general manager, Rob Polinka actually text and reached out to Paul George's agent. And that was a no-no. Um, but, I mean, Rob Polinka wouldn't have done it unless Magic said for him to go do it. So it really, it, I mean, it still is on Magic, too. But um, 
that's the Lakers getting fined five hundred thousand dollars for tampering. Lakers, you gotta do better. Can't do, can't be, can't be fucked around like that. Lakers, come on now. I want you, know, you know better than that. I want to let you know college football has already begun. Oh, oh yay! It started yesterday, Saturday. A lot of big upsets. Cause school's back in session, so it makes it's sense. It's back. Football is back, baby. Uh. Um, football, professional football starts this Thursday, one day before my birthday on September seventh, Jelani. Yes. Get excited. I'm excited. It's coming back. Breathe hard. America's sport. Um, America. Um, and I did draft my fantasy league today. Got excited. Spent weeks putting my team together, getting it ready. Get excited, Jelani. Yes. It's a $100 buy-in, Jelani. Well, that with that being said, that's a big investment, so I totally understand why Gotta you Got to win this year. Get them. Do it. Let's make it happen. Yes, 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 yes. I don't yes, see yes. It sound like you believe uh-huh. me when you say, like, 17 yeses. It doesn't sound <laughs> what? like... What? I am all for it. I am all for... I don't feel like you really care. I don't know what you're talking about. I love this. I'm happy for you. Also, Patrick, why don't you know this? Why don't you know? Why don't you know? All right, Jelani. Yeah. I went first last week, I think. You, you did. So you go first. This should... Or you, or right, you ask me the question. I am going to ask you the question. This should be super easy. Okay, I got this, it. It's already done. This should done. be... Yeah, yeah right, so right, you right, got done. it. I, can right, see it. I want you to there and see it. I'm going to say it, and you're going to hit me right back with it. You're going to hit me right back with it. Right. You should know this one. All right. Who is the universal champ right now in WWE? And also, follow-up question, because it is so easy. Why is there a universal champ? Mm. You know this. Like I, I, I know who I want to say. <laughs> I okay. do who I want to say. I don't know why. Okay, so I don't... The Universal Champ, I don't know why. Like, I don't really know why there's Universal. I could probably guess on it, but I'm going to hold off on that second part of that question. Sure. But in terms of who is the Universal Champ, like, I want to say John Cena because he's just... That's who That's who you, you, you picture, so... I'm thinking I'm going to go with John Cena. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I'm trying to think of The Undertaker, maybe. John Cena sounds like the simple answer. I need a final answer from you. Okay, I'm going to go with um, The Undertaker as Universal Champ. <laughs> wait. You, you, wait. Wait. I, wait. Wait a minute. Did I go with John Cena? Should I just stuck with John Cena? Just- if you went with John Cena, would have had a better guess. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know. Undertaker was retired like two <laughs> years ago. I don't, I don't know. Think I don't think even wrestle. Undertaker was 78 years old. He's not, he he, not really he that comes old. comes out once a year. Yeah, but he has a bad hip. He is not wrestling okay. nobody. So, that was a, that would have been a closer guess. I don't know. I don't watch wrestling. I know you don't, but okay. like, but there's sometimes there's rumors and stuff. The same reason you like we were talking about with me, but actually it's Brock Lesnar. Brock, oh, oh, that, that, yeah, yeah. That, that, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Brock Lesnar, yeah, and he's coming back or something again, no, right? No, he's the champ, so he's not coming okay, back. He, he's, he's the champ right saying. now. Okay. He's currently the champ. So you right. see, so like, why is there a universal champ? All right, so why is there a universal champ? Because Raw and SmackDown, the two different wrestling shows that come on um, television, they are separate brands. So that means that they have their own separate rosters. So when you watch a SmackDown show on Tuesday. You're going to see a different set of wrestlers entirely with their own storylines and so forth and so on than you're going to see on Raw. With that being said, there has to be a championship hierarchy for each show. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I keep saying with that being said, um, <laughs> on Raw, you have the Universal Champion, which is the top champion. Then you have the 
is it the oh you have the Intercontinental Champion who is the Miz right now. Uh huh. Then you have the Women's Champion who currently is oh uh, Alexa Bliss. Then you have the Tag Team Champions. So those are the three um different divisions that you have on that show, and those are the champs for it. On SmackDown, you have the World Champion. So that's a Universal and then World. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the World Champion. Then you have the United States champion, who is AJ Styles. Oh, by the way, the world champion is Jinder Mahal. Uh, he's an Indian dude, but he's from Canada. But his gimmick is he's from India. He's not really from India. He is straight from Canada. Um, <laughs> then you have the women's champ, who is Natalia, And then you have the tag team champs, who are the Usos. All right, so that's how it all breaks down. Now you have that information. And per our discussion, you have to make sure, find a way, if you can, to bring it up in the future and see if we can talk about it later. All right, hit me. What you got? What you got? What you got? What you got? All right. Um, Jelani. Yes. Uh, what does Omaha, Omaha, Omaha mean? I'm going to say it's out, out, out. <laughs> oh, no, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so oh, I just want to let people know what we're looking at. Well, Jelani's staring me right in the eye. <laughs> and he says with full conviction, out, out. Out, out, out. That's what it means. Well, so wait, let, let, okay. me, let me let me let me get some more offer clarity, please. I'm gonna say yeah, a little more texture to it. Well, I'm thinking that this is obviously like 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 the O, like it's a um a, a an O for military speak, because you know like you know because like if you were to say Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta, it'd Got be it. Shield. So I'm okay. thinking that oh, oh, Omaha Omaha just O O or out out. I'm trying to say what you would have to be because it's Omaha, it would be OO. So I'm like, of course, it would like. I'm just saying, I'm trying to figure out what you'd be trying to do code for. They're like, Omaha, Omaha. It's like, does it O-O. help you if it tell you what sport? It's a sport? <laughs> that guy tell you what that was? I thought sport? it had to do with military stuff. No. Omaha, Omaha has to do with a sport? <laughs> yeah. Is it football? Yeah, it's doing football. Okay, so it's a. Okay, all right. Let me throw you a lifeline. Let me Is it like offense, offense? No. I don't know. Is it double offense? <laughs> double offense. <laughs> Oh, hold on, Omaha. Is it is it with a set hike, Omaha, Omaha? Okay, so um, it is a uh, <laughs> I don't know where to begin. There's so many. Wait, and the quarterback who says it all the time, isn't it? There? Does a quarterback? Who says, okay, good, good, good. Is a quarterback. It Troy says Aikman it, or somebody? And it's not Troy Aikman. <laughs> is it Cecil Fielder? I don't uh, know any other football. Cecil player. Fielder is a baseball player. Okay. <laughs> it's not a football player. It's, it's not um, a Rod. It's not him. No, it's not a Rod. He plays. Oh different sport um <laughs> but okay omaha omaha is uh like a call sign that foot that that quarterbacks would do um specifically it's um uh, peyton manning that's the guy that's the guy uh he would known as saying omaha omaha um it's renowned in football because uh yeah before the ball is hiked okay before the ball is going into action, the mm. quarterback stands behind the player, and mm. and and before the ball is given to him, um, they'll try to trick the defense, and oftentimes they will trick the defense by yelling out certain cries. And he was known, notoriously known for tricking defenses because he would yell Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. So Manning, um, now when now when they talk about you know doing trick plays and call signs and yelling and trying to trick the defense when they say Omaha, 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 that's kind of a, a um, reference to Payne Manning's notorious Omaha, 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 because he's tricked many defensive players in their calls because 
they got tricked by him calling out signs. So with the Omaha, Omaha, Omaha always means something different? Is that how he tricked you? It okay. depends. Yeah, the Omaha would mean either I'm running a different play or I'm speeding up the play um, or we're changing. And so it would also be de- it would also be depend upon the way he said Omaha. It was like Omaha, Omaha, Omaha or Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. They'd be different uh, tenors and cadences to it. So he was like a wind talker. I see what's going on here. I don't know what a wind talker is, but there are people I don't who, think it, wind talker. If if you look at he uh, was a synonym, wind, he was never, a wind, I don't, I don't he think a, you see. He was a wind talker. I don't think you see Peyton Manning and wind talker. And he the spoke same, with the wind. I see what happened. Same. Yeah, yeah he spoke place. with the wind. That makes so. sense. Okay. That's right. what Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Well, now I know things, and you know things, and that's 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 clever. I'm glad you gave me that context because by itself, it's not like you said the state twice. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Or not state, city, city. Omaha, Nebraska? Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. We've been waiting for this one. Let's go ahead and jump into that Dirty Pop. Dirty Pop, baby, baby, you can't stop. So, uh, I saw the Game of Thrones. How did you like it? I I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. It was, um, yeah, it was really good. Um, you sound very, uh... Depressed, you sound very... Because it's going to be two years before I see it again. That's why I'm depressed. When's it coming back in uh, July? Apparently 2019. Yeah, it's coming back 2019. That's silly. So did you learn anything from the Game of Thrones finale? I learned that um, Littlefinger, he, he has to go. That's what I learned. I learned that. Okay. Um, so uh, Daenerys and uh, Jon Snow. Oh, yeah. His um, aunt, 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 um, it's his aunt. Yeah. Right, so Daenerys is the auntie of Jon Snow, but Correct. this show is not being in, you know, so, uh, was incestuous relationships is not new to this show. No, and in fact, in fact, it was to break it down, and here's the thing, it's been long enough. If you didn't see it, I'm sorry. It's been long enough. Oh, yeah, this spoilers all day. Exactly. Don't Go ahead, spoil talk it. about it. Yeah. But anyway, um, no, in the Targaryens, they are typically inbreed anyway that's what they're known for yeah so it's not it's like he's just, that's par for course so he just basically not knowing it he was just doing what the, what the family he's the family business he was doing the family business and giving his family the business yeah and he has he's basically the the the, the, the heir to the throne correct but i don't think he really wants it like he did it when people follow him but like he here's the thing people are like oh yeah what's well, gonna be it'll cause a problem between him and danny if it's revealed that he actually is the actual rightful king but he, I don't think he wants to. First of all, it's too warm out there in King's Landing. He don't want to stay out there. Yeah, he like likes his, the big coat. Exactly. He always liked that big coat, so he'll be fine. Like, let me go ahead and stay over here where the big coat is. You run this side of it. After we win, you run down over here. I'll run over here, or and we'll visit each other. I'll, we'll fly out dragons to see each other whenever we need to. Yeah, that's what they do. Just fly out dragons. Exactly. I don't see there being a problem. Everybody's like, oh no, they're gonna have like, like he gonna want she gonna want the throne from him. I'm like, he don't want that throne. He don't care. Sansa will be up to like everybody. Be, everybody be cool. All I know is, well, from my one thing that's really important is Sansa is cold, hard steel. She don't give a fuck. Not at all. She no was like, she's like, yeah, she's like, I know you loved me. I know you did. Anyway, you got to go. You got to go. Yeah. You, you fuck with my whole family. You got to go. Um, I like the ice dragon. Thought that was pretty fucking awesome. That was pretty dope. Yeah, it was, was kind of sad to see the actual dragon die because I was like, oh, the dragon could get killed pretty easily. Mm, and I didn't even think about the fact that he they could raise it. I didn't even think about it. You didn't. Th- that's the first thing I thought about. I didn't know how they're gonna get down there. I didn't know they. I didn't know they had ice chains. They're like, let's go ahead and get these walker chains and pull this thing out of the water. I didn't know they had that. Oh, oh, oh! You mean when the dragon went in the water? Like how yeah. they're gonna tow it out? Yeah, exactly. I was, oh, okay. I was like, ooh, well, that's in that. You know, because he fell in. Yeah, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, I liked seeing the wall finally come down like 
that sets up the next, uh, the final episodes. Like, oh yeah. shit. A lot of things that happened in the show were like staples of the show crashing down as a signal that we have basically reached a turning point. Like, there's no turning back now. It's like the wall, which has always been there. Always been there. That, that's where we thought that John was going to be apparently when the show started. He was just going to live there. He's lived his, his old days there. He's like, nah, I go all kinds of places now. But, and Littlefinger. Who was like, oh, he's just gonna be sniveling and conniving forever? Nope, those two things were the staples of the show, both gone. Yeah, and it was, um, and it was kind of like big questions in the show too. Like, how were they gonna get past the wall? Was there gonna be like a secret place where they could, you know, walk into? Um, how 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 were they gonna be able to to convince, um, you know, or like how 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 were the dragons gonna be used? You know, I mean, the dragons were used the most in this. I I, I think in this season. Um, so a lot of the major questions got answered, which, which is important because, you know, as you said, they're, they're fucking tying shit up. Um, there is another show that the Games of Thrones creators, uh, are looking to, to launch. Um, nope. Uh, have you heard about the show, Jelani? Yep. Uh, the show's called Confederate. Nope. Uh, so let me explain to folks what the show is about. Um, uh, before we start talking about hashtag no confederate. Sure. Because uh, I'm sure it was on Black Twitter. It definitely was. Okay. So, uh, The Confederate, uh, it's a TV show that is coming out by HBO. Um, the Confederate chronicles the events leading to the to a third American Civil War and takes place in an alternate, alternate timeline where the southern states have successfully succeeded from the Union, giving rise to a nation in which slavery remains legal and has evolved into a modern institution. The story follows a broad swath of characters uh, on both sides of, of course, what's called the Mason-Dixon demilitarized zone. Uh, freedom fighters, slave hunters, politi- politicians, abolitionists, journalists, the executives of um, a slaveholding conglomerate, and the families of the people and their thrall. So, so um, there's a hashtag that was started uh, by April Rain called hashtag no confederates and it came out during the game of thrones episode yeah and actually like trended like number two for like a few hours absolutely um so april rain was also the um person who came up with a hashtag uh oscar so so white what's what's oscar so white it was a situation where like april rain known for that like her twitter following is pretty strong and what she does is she will able to make movements through her hashtags where people are kind of galvanized and like like you know like you're, you're moving them and saying okay this is what's taking place we're having a discussion and we're making it so that the people who make these decisions understand why this is not going to stand you get enough buzz about it where it because that, that's how social media works really you know obviously a situation where okay you are making this for us where we are consumers and we're saying no to this or we need to have this change for the consumer base that you're working towards to be happy with what you're providing for us to 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 accept or consume. And and Oscar is so white had to do with the um Oscars. Exactly. Right? Because, yeah, because like a situation where all these really great movies and actors and film, people of color from that particular year, and nobody was represented. Not not even a situation where like, oh no, like kind of like no. It was like a situation where like, nope, 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 nope. And then it kind of switched a little bit um, afterwards. Like this year, there was like a lot more representation. They had that big kerfuffle with um, the movie of the year, 
but for the most part, there there have been some adjustments, but it still has to do more because you want a situation where you have to stop having this additional whitewashing of Asian characters and stuff like that. Like you have a situation where make it the way that the world actually looks as far as representation is considered. And like the, the Hollywood still has a lot of work to do with that. But because of this hashtag, it's become a situation where it's been magnified. People are realizing it and start talking about it. So, um, uh, April Rain has been a, uh, a huge critic of, um, of the creators of the show, D.B. Weiss and, um, D.B. Weiss and, uh, uh, Benoff is the two two writers. Um, I mean, they said just as a classic example, Games of Thrones. There has been no ethnics. I mean, there's no African American character in that show at all. Any main character? Not any main character. Definitely. Right, there's a slave, right? Yeah. Right? Or or or, or the uh, unsullied, right? There's oh, that yeah, one guy. Yeah, exactly. Or the girl that, advisor. Yeah, yeah. And there was right? also like a pirate like a couple seasons ago. I didn't even know there was a pirate. Yeah, some random um, black pirate a couple seasons ago. So she came out and she said, I mean. Like Games of Thrones, what what confidence is this is and I quote, what confidence should we have in two gentlemen who can't talk about race on their own show and they have had seven seasons to introduce significant characters of color, end quote. Um another create uh, I mean another critic said that the show <coughs> excuse me, um talking about Confederate, the show is exploiting black suffering for the purposes of art and entertainment. I have uh, and I quote, I have never known David Benoff and D.B. Uh, uh, Weiss to ever speak out about black issues like Black Lives Matters or School to Prison Pipeline, which is our modern-day slavery. These white filmmakers who have been silent on the plight of black America are basically profiting off of black pain. This show is just something cool that would be given them ratings and accolades, but there's nothing new in their work that has ever shown that they have vested interest in the welfare of black Americans, end quote. Yeah, and that's the situation like, it's not even an alternative reality, quite honestly. Like, where are you going? Like, what were you planning to really show? Because slavery exists. That slavery is bad. It was bad. It's uh, yeah, it is bad. You know, also it is. It's also <laughs> still happening. Like, like that that situation we said before. That's where the school to prison pipelines. Like, that's modern. Like, and if you watch the Thirteenth, you realize like prison and slavery. Like that stuff is going on now. So the only way for you to modernize it would be a situation where somehow, some way, you have somebody who has an app on their phone to whip somebody. That's how you're going to modernize it. Or you're going to basically represent what's going on in real life right now. Because there's no other way to say there's always, oh, it's an alternate reality. No. I'm not down with that. All right. So we'll see if that show is successful or not. I highly doubt it. I imagine you're not going to watch it. You imagine correctly. All right. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch it. Um, but, Delani, you know what... Um, I found a little news article that, that I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. Because I do like pizza. I do, do really enjoy pizza. That makes you one of the small, small, select few people who actually like pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone loves pizza. Um, so uh, there was a small study um, that pizza is the most um, desired food after sex. Get them carbs up. So of, of 2,000 single and sexy, hungry millennials who participate in the survey, 75% of them said they crave pizza more than any other food after a one-night stand. Um, coming in a, di- a distant second was a taco. Uh, the survey results concluded that pizza was the top favorite food that make millennials most attractive, um, whatever that means. 
Um, now, it is noteworthy that um, our bodies produce chemicals that make us feel buoyant and giddy during the fatuation phase of a relationship. So that may actually have less of an appetite for food than um, after a one-night stand. Um, but if you have a one-night stand, um, know that they're going to probably want some pizza. Or if you offer pizza, it'd probably be exactly what they would desire. It would go over well is what you're saying. I would imagine so. That, that or tacos. That or tacos. Ta- I mean, tacos work in really any you know situation. You ever see when... Like it's like a like a late Saturday night or college night on a Thursday night, and you know you see a taco stand, a pizza stand. They're probably pretty full. Yeah, people waiting. Yeah, it's funny. Like you know when you think about like tacos and pizza, like those foods didn't originate in America. It's almost like the diversity that was brought about kind of had a really big impact on America. It's so weird. So weird. Anyway, <laughs> I just think they're easy, quick, and they're they're very um yes. they're very portable. That, that's you, also you got true. way deep on that. I, I did. <laughs> you got I did. there. You yeah. talk about the, I got the genesis yeah. of the, the, the history of yes. the immigrants and yes. their culinary impact on NASA. Yes. And they just, they're easy to hold. But they're also, they're also delicious. They're also delicious. Very delicious. All right. Whew. I think I jumped into our next segment you beforehand did. a little bit because it's time for that soap ball. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Is that one of those tricks again you do with the fade of your voice? Is that what you're trying to do again? No, I, I did that in post. That was that's editing. Yeah. See, see. No, that was the, that was the, <laughs> uh, the echo effect I put in because I'm I'm doing some new tricks with the editing. That's what that's 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 what that was. Got it. So it's go ahead, hot. son. It's fucking hot. It's so hot. It's stupid hot. I don't I don't have air conditioning. I don't have central oh, central air. Oh lord. Yeah, like oh, in, lord. In, in 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 the studio where we are right now. We have the benefit of air conditioning, which is nice. I, I almost Your place, no air conditioning. Nah, son. Nah. Uh, it's been about 110 and 105 degrees in L.A. It's been about 100 and stupid degrees is what it it's is been. It is awful. Yeah. It's nasty heat. I'm sitting there like I have to take several showers. Oh. Uh. Like every, every do nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> every every like hour or so, like I gotta wash my face again. I'm like, let me go ahead and wash my face. Let me get let me get this off of me. It's ridiculous. Now I don't really have a a way to fix this heat. Obviously, I am not in control of nature. I just want to sit there and make a shout out to the sun and say, Hey man, I ain't having it. Also, it's really weird that you decide to show up now. We've had all the summer that all ended, and now at the end, we're in September and school's back in. You want to burn everybody up? Ridiculous. Stop it. It's like the fleeting last like flames of summer. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, whoa, oh, y'all, y'all forgot about me? Y'all forgot about the sun? I'm back, bitches. That's what he said. All right, so I so that was your soapbox? That was my soapbox. I you just went about, right in that motherfucker. Just talking about the sun. I was like, damn. So what I want to talk about is my medication. Ah, <laughs> drugs. Okay. Pharmaceuticals. Um... I'm, I've been going to a doctor the past few weeks to try to get you know my ailment cured. Um, you've I, you've heard me mention stories about it. Absolutely, about the nurse who's the nurse who was being mean and yeah, her, yeah. her not being helpful to me. Well, I've tried multiple medications now. The last medication that I'm on, um, I want to talk about it because it was it it, it it's pretty shocking how expensive it is. Um, mm. The medication um, without uh, in, so I have insurance. Um, so it, it, so it helps take the bite out of it. Um, this medication, even with insurance cost Jelani $1,200. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? 
$1,200 for two dosages and you take twice a month, $1,200. That's with insurance. That's rent. Um, and so uh, this company, this manufacturer um, actually makes, they, they give like a, a consumer discount, like a subsidy. Okay. You're only allowed to, you're only given this subsidy if you have commercial insurance. So if you have commercial insurance, they, they provide this subsidy. What commercial insurance? Um, just uh, just any insurance, you know, as long as it's not Medicare or oh, VA or okay, something, okay, right? Okay, okay, um, You're eligible for this subsidy. Um, so they give you a subsidy of up to $1,200 per month. Um, so anything beyond that, you'd have to pay. So for my insurance, uh, what my insurance covers and how much they would pay me, it actually takes that back. With, without insurance, it costs... Uh, uh, with, with insurance, it cost me $1,300. Um, with this subsidy, they're able to give me $1,200 off. So I only had to pay out of pocket $100, um, which is good. It's still $100 per month. Um, the fucked up thing is if you have if you have Medicare and you do not have private insurance, you will have to pay the full price for this insurance. I mean, for, for, uh, for this drug. Full price. You know what the full price retail price is, Jelani? Uh, it's already twelve hundred for a With subsidy. Insurance. So I mean, okay. So what? 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 Five thousand dollars a month. Five thousand dollars a month for this medication. Fucking shocking, isn't it? What is this medication supposed to be? Is, is this in there making you a superhero? Is, I know. This, is this like the limitless uh, pill that makes you super smart? I know. I don't understand it. It's utterly ridiculous, but. Um, I mean, I just you know, I've the last few weeks I've I've got an MRI done. I I've, I paid multiple copays, twenty dollars each time I see the fucking doctor, multiple drugs. Um, it's really it's really fucked up, you know how how the system works right now. Um, but just I wanted to just highlight that that fucking price of that new drug, five thousand dollars, Jelani, per month. So, anyways, that's my fucking rant. I can't even deal. I can't even deal. That's crazy. Have one person who just yelling at the at the sky like he can fix it, and one person dealing with some real real heat because his drugs are not too neat. See, how I did that. I rhymed. That's what I did. That was that was cool. Patrick, was that the black tie affair? That's a black tie affair, people. Absolutely. As always, thank you once again for listening. Thank you for rating us five stars on iTunes. Thank you for following us on Instagram. Thank you for emailing us. All those cool things that you guys do. 2,500 listens already. This is ridiculous. Who's listening to us? Who are you people? Why? We like you people, though. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. We will see you next week. Until then, later. Peace.